you don't have the real Harry Styles shrunk down in your dollhouse that you're playing with. It's it's completely imaginary. And so I don't, that's my defense of whenever people write real people fanfic is mm-hmm. that I was like, they're like, oh, it's so weird. He's like a real person. And you're like, is he? Is that, <laughs> yes, I'm sure Niall from One Direction's like, he is not a fairy who can only hold one emotion at a time, and that emotion is that he's hungry and wants Nando's. I'm sure that's not who he is all, all of the time. The time. <laughs> Sometimes that's who I am as a person, but Same. I also like to think that I'm more developed than that. Hi, welcome to Fine Pairings. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. And this is a podcast about fan fiction, and today it is, like, super about fan fiction. <laughs> Extra about fan fiction. <laughs> today we're going to dive into something a little bit different. Um, and specifically, we're hoping this episode, a lot of you have been asking, like, hey, uh, I write fan fiction, my friends do not, I want them to listen to the podcast, but they simply are, will be confused, or like, what is the best episode for them to dive in to understand what this is? And we will give suggestions, but like, I don't know how accessible those fan fictions actually are. I think they're just good episodes. Yeah. So... What we have decided to do today is bring on a guest who has a little bit more of an academic expertise in fan fiction and use this as a place to be like, what is fan fiction? For people who maybe don't know that listen to our podcast, and even for you guys who write and read fan fiction, maybe give you like a cool academic perspective on why we all do this weird thing that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited. So with that, um, Miriam, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, my name is Miriam. I'm from Germany, and I wrote my master's thesis or my master's paper um, in German. Well, I mean, that's how you say I'm writing it in English. I don't mean in the language of German, but in the subject of German. And it was about uh, storytelling, and I chose fan fiction. Excellent. So if you are not currently following us on TikTok or maybe like are not in the depths of the comment section, we, we've we uh, connected with Miriam over TikTok. Oh, what TikTok was it? It was the one where I talk about I had to explain it to my coworkers who are uh, suburban you know, dads. That make, ah, that makes sense. So Miriam had said that, what was the comment you made, Miriam? Do you remember? I think I just messaged that I, or wrote you that I uh, wrote my master's thesis in this. I think it was just as that. I can't just jump straight onto my neck. This is what's happening in the background in case, like, you're wondering what that, like, scuffling sound is. Sometimes our editor will send us notes that are like, there's just, like, a weird scuffling in the background. And we're like, it's probably a cat. But, uh, yes, anyway, so... Miriam posted that and we were super interested and a lot of people uh, ended up liking that comment and were really, really curious about it. And uh, I don't know if I've actually told you this, Miriam, I'm also uh, going for my teaching degree right now. So I'm really interested in fan fiction as like something the teens are doing, but also like what benefit does it have uh, in terms of like academia and like this very cultured place? So yes, Miriam, and then for context, um, this was this was written in two thousand thirteen. This paper, yes, uh, and that's pretty important to say because fan fiction keeps <laughs> changing all the time, and um, so yeah, it it has evolved since then. So excuse me if I don't know everything that's going on right now. That is that is fair. Um, well, so- as Grace and I <laughs> often say, we're no experts on fanfic. We are but mm-hmm. ambassadors. So uh, I don't think it's going to be super important that we're all, 
you know, the expert and super top of mind of what the modern trends are. So, well, and especially because there's so many like places within the fan, like within fandom and within fan fiction that like you could be writing a very specific niche of something and have no idea what's going on in the other very specific niche of something else. Like we're all just here being weirdos. At the same time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um just for for fun, uh Miriam, what's like your before before you decided to write this or like while you were deciding what you were gonna write your paper on, um, what what brought you to this topic? Do you write fan fiction? Did were you reading fan fiction? Did you just think it was interesting? <laughs> I was reading a couple of fan fictions and I wrote two or one and a half I finished one which was just like a one shot and then I started a Harry Potter one which was just one chapter and then I stopped I'm very not good at keep go I I, I stop after one chapter usually so <laughs> but that's uh, like my kind of writing yeah <laughs> so, so you're not one of those people who uh was like well I accidentally wrote half a million words on a fanfic over the weekend wow <laughs> be like I thought it would just be 10,000 words and now that is yeah. a part of the fandom that yeah. we do not That's a nice, as. a nice freedom that I never, um, yeah, took advantage of. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, but I did have friends that wrote fan fiction. I had a couple of younger friends because I was in a fandom that had a lot of younger fans. And so um, I connected with them and they wrote fan fiction. A lot of them did. And um, I had a really awesome seminar with a great professor and I just definitely wanted to write under him. And I brought some different topics to him, uh, and it was all about fiction. And he said fan fiction might be the most tangible and the most accessible for other people. Also, it was good to combine with my major, which was pedagogy. So um, it's a little bit of a bridge between both of my my major and my minor. Awesome. Very cool. So I don't know if you'll have like a really in-depth answer for this, but what is the what is like the fandom or fan fiction culture like in Germany? Most of our listeners are American uh, <laughs> and might only have that as their as their scope. <laughs> I think it's it's really difficult to differentiate between the two because so much of fandom is happening online, mm. and so a lot of the world is just intertwined with each other, and it's just it's not as much of a there's a border here between this country and that country. Is um, it's a lot happening on in English. Um, a couple of the kids that I interviewed, or I say kids, I'm sorry, uh, probably a lot of people listening are that same age, but... Um, <laughs> young adults. <laughs> young adults. Under 18s. Yeah. <laughs> they, they wrote in English, um, just so it's more accessible for everyone, and um, they use Tumblr, and now I bet they use TikTok a lot and to connect with each other. Cool. Probably the biggest difference I'm just noticing is that um, as an American who is not bilingual. It's, you know, it never even occurred to me that when I was writing fanfic that there would be a language that would make it more accessible to other people. Um, so I wasn't getting the practice of writing in a second language. I was only getting the practice of my native language. And, um, you know, so that that's, I think that's a big distinguisher between um, the two, the two, <laughs> between <laughs> the two places. Yeah, the two, the two places. Languages. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, as we've done this podcast, we have come across fan fiction that like is well written, but very clearly is not written in someone's first language. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that also was interesting to me that someone would make the choice to be like, well, I am less fluent or per perhaps like less practiced in one language. And yet I'm still going to like make the choice of doing this more difficult task because it might get to more people 
yeah in general it's a good like marketing strategy so you know i think we talk more about what fanfic teaches you maybe later we can get into that later but we'll get um, into that (laughs) but yeah that's an interest that's just an interesting concept of like the skills you'll learn outside of accessibility it might also be that they consume the primary text so they would read harry potter in english or they would um you know just to see it or read it in the original language and a lot of the original languages are english or i mean that's the most the language that most german people can can speak so if you consume it in english then i think it's it's just what you do, you just write it in, in English. Yeah, well, especially with something like Harry Potter, which I, I guess I don't know for sure. I haven't read Harry Potter in another language, but words like muggle or words like, mm-hmm. right. you know, words that would um, maybe don't have a perfect German translation. Yeah. Or, I, or I've heard that with um, uh, pop songs that a lot of, oh. um, <laughs> that I've heard a lot of um, like British YouTubers who sing a cover of an American song. It's that since you heard it in American, you sing it with that accent. You sing it oh. in the accent of the original, yeah, that makes um, sense of the original media. So it is. I think it's just a common trend, be it mm. fanfic, music, mm-hmm. whatever. Yes, Claire has a sister who's studying in Germany, so we yes. have like a very small insight into wow. the teen, young adult, yes, <laughs> culture of Germany yes. from an American. Let's maybe hop into like just like a very like broad stroke for perhaps the new listeners who yeah. a friend has told you to come to this episode specifically yeah, so we can explain to you in long form what yeah. fan fiction is. This, this is a shout out to all my coworkers and Ooh. suburban dads and uh, uh, I guess the, our, our spouse's friends yes, and things. The, the umbrella term uninitiated to fanfic and basically explain to all of the people who gave me a side eye when I explained what our podcast was about kind of explain what it is and why it's not weird. Um, <laughs> I don't and know if we can explain that. <laughs> uh, we're going to try. Let's just start very high level. Like, what, what is, is fan, fan fiction? fiction? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi, suburban dads and coworkers. <laughs> 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 so fan fiction is just simply a product that comes from a fan of a certain uh, subject or for certain um, text or play or music or whatever we can call it a primary text which is what i did but it doesn't have to be in text form it can be a movie or whatever and if you're a fan of that and you think it's so interesting and so um motivating that you want to also write something about these characters or about you in that world or anything that has to do with any of the attributes of that primary text then you can write fan fiction And a lot of people use that to explore those worlds a little further and to um, creatively find out what could also happen in those worlds. Excellent. And in your paper, you had discerned, I guess I don't know if this is original to you or if you had come across this, that there were kind of like three or four different uh, categories of fan fiction. Do you want to maybe talk about those and how you found them? Yeah, it's it's very fluid. Um, So... Fan fiction can be written as um, kind of a, I need to I need to find out what happened here, and it's not written enough. So you would you would write um, like the, oh God, I'm I'm missing the words. <laughs> you're you're filling you're filling in the gaps. You're going yeah, exactly. it's like a, the cut scenes from the movie, the things that are on the cutting room floor at the publishers. So just like the things that aren't in like or what's happening to the side characters explicitly so the, explored. Yes, the things that aren't happening in that original work yeah that 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 are just left to the imagination or often things that are too raunchy to show 
That's very much, yes. <laughs> that's, that's the case very often that people go into that, in that kind of area. Um, yeah, so we can say that this fan fiction would be a romance fan fiction or this fan fiction is a horror fan fiction or whatever, but that's not really how we put genres on fan fiction. We would more go into fan fiction specific genres, like for example, Slash would be the one I was just talking about where um, you put characters together. Um, you would have, how you how you put it, like Slash would be more homosexual and het would be more hetero. And again, this might have changed since 2013. <laughs> um, Not that I know of. As far as I know, Slash is still short for M slash M or F slash F, meaning female, female relationship mm -hmm. or male, male, male relationship, yeah. which, okay. yeah, I guess technically it's M slash F, but that's not. That's not described as slash from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen a very strong there are no academic papers. There are no there <laughs> on are what, no on what is a slash. There, yeah, there's no vocab sheet that I've been instructed to memorize, so I don't think it's uh, not yet. And so I don't think that's a hard and fast rule. Yeah. Since I would say additionally, those relationships are most often missing from the primary text. One hundred percent. And I think that by now, um, 2020, we can maybe call it more of a queer thing than a homosexual thing. So it involves a couple more people just thinking about how the world progressed yeah. um, mm -hmm. and hopefully will progress more. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you had kind of touched on this in terms of like the um, breakdown of genre, which uh, my next question was going to basically be, how does fiction original works differ from fan fiction in terms of like the logistics, like what is actually in them? And then also the trends of like, what are the different genres? Like what are the different um, tropes that typically may not appear in one versus the other? So different genres of fan fiction would be the missing missing scene is what that's called, what I explained earlier, where something is just not there that you want to see. Um, you could have an alternative or alternate universe where you um, characters, but you put them maybe in our world or in a completely other fictional world, which would also be a crossover. And then there's just a couple of subgenres that also develop but I think these are the three most obvious ones if you if you put it in the real world I think that's called a real fic but I'm not sure anymore it's been a while since I wrote this um but yeah that's also common that you put it in your world and you or or you write about your world like you a lot of people write about meeting Harry Styles or um mm -hmm. you know things like this and those are <laughs> those are not fictional characters self-insert if you will <laughs> yeah exactly and and I feel like that's a very interesting thing fictionally with a with a theory of fiction um because we don't know Harry Styles real life and so maybe that also is fiction because we only see him through the portrayal of media and of what other people tell us he is. That is what I say all of the time. Yeah, Claire has <laughs> a, a what, I, what I am now deciding is going to be called a paper dolls theory, yes. which is essentially that any real person, uh, if you are writing about them, it's the like written equivalent of playing with paper dolls and yes. being like, you cut these them are out of the magazine. You cut them out of the magazine and you're playing with the paper doll version. And so it's not like, and so you've come up with this imaginary scenario with the paper doll version, AKA a two dimensional, a two dimensional. It's not like you don't have the real Harry Styles yeah. shrunk down in your dollhouse <laughs> that you're playing with. It's, it's completely imaginary. And so I don't, so 
that's my defense of whenever whenever people write um, real people fanfic mm-hmm. is that I was like, they're like, oh, it's so weird. He's like a real person. And you're like, is he? Is that <laughs> in, in this, you know, what he's, what he, she, they are portraying to us through the media mm-hmm. is probably not who they are when they're at home curled up on the couch watching Netflix yeah. or their authentic selves. They're, it's, we have a completely different version that they're basically actors of who they are in their private life versus who they are in the social sphere, the media. So right. that's, and, that's and one thing, thing we've kind of touched on in like, we have a couple one direction episodes is that, uh, well, specifically with mu- like boy band style mm-hmm. musicians, but also, you know, with actors and things is there's such a, uh, a control of the narrative around that person. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with a boy band, you'll be like, oh, there's five characters. So there's the goofy one, the uh, sexy one, the smart one, like, etc. Yes, so yes, you play yes. with those tropes. Yes. In, like, maybe not in a wear way. Yes. <laughs> depending on I'm sure Niall's, how old you are. <laughs> yes, I'm sure Niall from One Direction's like, he is not a fairy who can only hold one emotion at a time. And that emotion <laughs> is that he's hungry and wants Nando's. I'm sure that's not who he is all, all of the time. time. <laughs> Sometimes that's who I am as a person. But Same. I also like to think that I'm more developed than that. But yeah, so that's, I think, the part of it is that, mm. you know, again, who they become in fanfic is, again, a very uh, two-dimensional version of who they are. So it's basically like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're lending the character, like, it's it's not a, the real person that they're talking about, or that they're writing about. And I would even go so far to say that even just you two are a certain type of person to me right now, even though I'm meeting you personally, and I'm not having anybody write about you, and I read that, you're still presenting yourself in a certain way. And you would present yourself different to your mother, and you'd present yourself different to your friend from school. And, you know, everybody has a certain face that they show to the world, and they can't always control that that face like sometimes you do it on purpose but Mm -hmm. most of the time that's just the person that you are presenting right now and so I think that that's a very nice philosophical thing of like when does fiction (laughs) start like do I always do I only know myself as nonfiction and everything that I perceive is fiction because it's through the lens of how I perceive that person whoa deep (laughs) right that's what I said it's like Grace and I have talked about like uh, like who are you as your authentic self and like it's that conversation where are had. you a blob yes it, well, it was even the conversation my sister and I were talking about like mm. uh, like who you were as a child is who is different than who you are as an adult and the analogy I'll use is my sister was talking about how she as a child remembers putting a rubber ball into her mouth and so she and so she like yeah like just to chew on it because she was a kid <laughs> but that's not a choice she would make as an adult and mm-hmm. as an adult you're like what alien thought? So is your true authentic self someone who chews on rubber yes, balls? No, yes, 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 yes. So it's like, and so does that mean that as an adult, you are not your authentic self if you would not chew on a rubber ball? No. <laughs> no. Are you telling yourself a fiction now? Are you, oh, is any of it, is yeah. any of it real? And I'm wondering if that's, um, if that awareness is mm-hmm. perhaps going more and more into the fan fiction realm of like, Sure, you can write. Uh, we've talked about RPF, uh, what is which is called real person fan fiction, and I wonder if maybe we have built more of that into the writing of fan fiction based on when it started. It was maybe a little more like, oh, I understand who this person is, and based on that, I'm going to put them in this situation. Whereas now it's a little more like 
tongue-in-cheek self-aware. Mm, mayhaps. Yes. I, it's the, well, some of it too, as one could argue, if we're going to um, maybe go into the history of fanfic, is mm. that I wonder, it's that we are aware when something is a fanfic versus like, um, briefly, I was thinking about like, Shakespeare wrote plays that were based on Greek mythology. Or Romeo and, and Juliet. Or Romeo or like and Juliet. Or uh, what was... Henry VIII. <laughs> yes, yes, Henry VIII. So, Real people. Yes, and well, and so leading into maybe the next thing we can talk about is that we don't call William Shakespeare's plays about RPF and, <laughs> and Romeo and Juliet and Greek mythology, which were somebody else's original work debate. It's way, way, way <laughs> long ago, but um, it's at a it's that he basically took it, put his own spin on it, which could be interpreted now as a fan fiction that had that then he published and created his own original work. But <laughs> before I get too meta about whether or not Shakespeare <laughs> is in fact a fangirl on Tumblr, um, I think let's uh, scroll. We'll go, scroll back. <laughs> we'll scroll back and. Uh, uh, Miriam, we talked a little bit, you were saying in your uh, paper, uh, you gave us some of the outline, is that uh, there is more of a history to fanfic. Um, and we were wondering if you could maybe talk about, as I was just alluding to with William Shakespeare. Um, Other if, instances yeah, of, of classical, things that yeah. we might now describe as fanfic or yes. things at the time that were derived from other works or other characters or even yeah real people yeah it's it's kind of uh it's a it's a gray area because you could say that um the bible is fan fiction because you know Ooh, hot take no no really. we've talked about that too <laughs> you could have, say yeah. you could say that the uh, fairy tales of the brothers Grimm are um fan fiction because they didn't you know it's it's kind of just they're they're giving you the lore of what they knew what they heard and then they put it into writing and they put their spin on it and they put it in a book and then i even saw a tiktok that said that it's plagiarism which is definitely wrong because they do say that that's just the stories that they heard and that they wrote it down for us. Mm -hmm. No one owned it at the time so yeah. it would be pretty hard to plagiarize Well and is, is telling the news plagiarism of real events? Yes. You're right. <laughs> if, you put your, if you put your own spin on it. Yes, it's that it's not. should not. It's that it, you're right. The news specifically but I was just trying to make like a broad like it's that again we're not talking about plagiarism we're talking about fanfic. Right. So, uh, so yes what were you saying about again the classical background yeah i think that that's a little bit too far-fetched to say that those things are fan fiction but some people would would say that or would argue that so they argue that they that fan fiction has existed for thousands of years basically since people could talk and you know hear a story and then retell that story and i think that that's a very wide definition that might be a little too wide to actually yeah make any sense or be workable you know (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, and then others say that it developed around the 60s or maybe 20s. Um, in the 60s, uh, the Star Trek fanzines were really big. And that that was the real fan fiction back then was there were fanzines or fan magazines. Ooh. And they would write those stories um, about Star Trek characters. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. And then in the 20s, it would be Jane Austen or Sherlock Holmes fandoms that would... Mm. Um, put a little bit of a fan fiction spin on it. Um, And that, again, is super late in the game. So one says, like, basically when we started talking, (laughs) and the other says, okay, 1960. And I think that there's a a pretty big But we all know the human language. (laughs) 
Only started in 1960. Yes, <laughs> so the human language started in 1900, well, and everything uh, before was garbage. It's garbage. I'm, I'm just based on what I'm kind of hearing and taking in. It sounds like the idea of like derived works. So mm-hmm. the idea of like specifically like let's take something like Cinderella, something that actually I've seen used in English classes to be like a lesson on story structure. Mm-hmm. And there's so many iterations of Cinderella being like, okay, well, here is a, like a lore or a, or a character that we don't know who the creator of this is. So we don't know what, uh, more, what more or less the canon specifically is. Mm. Whereas something like Sherlock Holmes is something widely popular, but you can point to the one person that created it. And you can point to maybe one text that is like, <laughs> for lack of a better word, the Bible of what this is yep. versus, yeah, Cinderella or like really any like princess or any character that's been passed down is a you're not able to do that in the same way Mm -hmm. i agree yeah i think retellings of things cannot really classify as fan fiction and also plagiarism cannot be fan fiction i feel like fan fiction (laughs) would be if you retell aladdin there's a musical where they retell aladdin but they tell (laughs) it from jafar's side Twisted, yes, we, I am familiar. <laughs> That's the same people who did Harry Potter musical, I think. Oh, yeah, that would be a fan fiction, even though it's not even like we can't read it, but it's still <laughs> kind of fan fiction. No, I would agree. That's a fan fiction. Yeah, that's just a very elaborate fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so getting into kind of the the present, or at least the. 20, 2010 to now present, mm-hmm. which obviously things change very quickly on the internet. Um, but in general, um, from your from your findings and from your like research, who who is writing fan fiction right now? Like who is the mainstream of writing fan fiction, and who might be the uh, more on the outskirts of writing fan fiction? You know, I think that this is really interesting because I feel like as soon as people can write, every demographic is in there. There's no demographic that is not writing fan fiction. I, I've i read fan fiction by um, professors. I've read fan fictions by 11-year-olds. You know, it's, it's <laughs> very, very different. I would say that probably a little more female writers than male writers and a little more younger writers than older writers. But everybody is able to write and everybody is celebrated for it. And I think that that's really nice that people are not judgmental of who you are um, as a person. Um, They just enjoy reading your take on something. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, even just based on um, like what you remember from 2013 to now, are you seeing any new demographics either starting to write fan fiction or getting more popular in fan fiction or finding it more acceptable? Um, I think it's really interesting that with different mediums arriving, it's getting difficult to see where the text stops. So if you have a book, it's pretty clear that this is the primary text. But then if you have uh, mm-hmm. different medias and people play with these medias, for example, there was this uh, podcast musical with, with uh, Jonathan Groff, um, mm-hmm. and it, that's a completely different media you know and then does that does it count if you tweet something for example if you have an interactive element to your story and you do use twitter for that when does it end when does it not end it's 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 getting difficult the more the fans are interacting and i mean we we all know that ryan murphy is doing like he's putting all the fans comments in in his work and so they're shaping they're shaping the story even though it's the primary story so it's definitely a gray line 
in or a blurred line in between those those worlds of what's the primary text and what is not and what is canon and what is not. And I think it's also inspiring for fans because they do see that people get published even though they started out as a fan fiction writer and um or they do get those productions or like on TikTok the whole Ratatouille musical happening right yes. now you know like that's a that's a fan <laughs> yeah. fiction and the interesting part yeah. is that that is a fan fiction by a lot of different people that's not one person mm. writing this fan fiction that's like oh i have a puppet that i'm making and oh i have this song and i will i will sing this song and i have this storyline and uh it is i think it is going to be on broadway i think it's getting picked up so that's Jesus. crazy yeah, no, i think it is being picked <laughs> up. i saw yeah. that they were doing some kind of special where they were like airing all the stuff edited together but i don't know i don't know whether or not it's uh being like constructed into a literal musical on a broadway stage which obviously that can't happen at the moment but like that will be an interesting journey into into new territory yes. <laughs> what is going on <laughs> let's get into a little bit how um like the reasoning behind fan fiction we've kind of broken this up into three different pieces um the cultural reasons, the individual personal reasons, and then the like accessibility reasons for writing fanfic. So I'll kind of just start with that first part. So from what from your findings, what are the like cultural, social, collective reasons that people write fanfiction? Yeah, so socially, it's often um, because it's an escape, uh, a world that you already know, and you don't have to really work hard to to make it. It's already there, and you can you can live in that world that you've already felt safe in. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a big part for a lot of, especially young fan fiction authors. Yeah, and then what about in terms of like connecting to other people? Um, yeah, there's a there's a big like review and 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 comment culture in fan fiction where you read what people have written about you or or for you and um, you write your fan fiction and then in the end you'll be like hey let me know if you like this part or if I should change that or whatever and it's, <laughs> it's still in the text but it's in the end of the text and then people will comment and they'll be like oh, I really like that part or I wish I could see this character more and then you you take that into consideration and a lot of people I think even meet in real life or um, become online friends. And I do think it is a, a connector of people. And then what about, um, you kind of went into this a little bit, like what would be maybe the personal inspirations for writing a particular fanfic for someone? I think it has to be the perfect mix of love and frustration. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, yeah. That's a good quote. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you really do need to love something to want to spend time writing in this world or with these characters. But you also, something has to be missing or you want to insert yourself into that world and see how that works if you're in that, if you're like a kind of a Mary Sue character where you are part of the fan fiction. Your frustration just lies in the fact that you can't be totally, a part of yeah. it. Totally, yeah. The frustration yes. lies in the in the fact that you cannot be with Draco because she didn't write it. <laughs> yeah. He's not real. He's not real. Uh, that's fair. I, w- I guess I didn't think of that as like a frustration, but that's totally true. Or like mm-hmm. the, I, the like the psychological phenomenon of like, there's nobody you hate as much as like your sibling because you yeah. love them or like your mom or your best friend yeah, yeah, or yeah. whoever. Um, I had res- experience with this with Doctor Who when I loved Doctor Who for many years and then Stephen Moffat took everything over and I was just like, I've never hated someone so much in my life. <laughs> See, and if you had been 
of the fanfic mind at that moment. At the time, perhaps. And you could have been rewriting like every single episode. I could have, and I didn't. <laughs> Maybe that would have quelched my, my fury. My experience <laughs> is that it does not, because then you start seeing that yours was more to your taste. And so then when you go back to the original, <laughs> then you're like, this is even farther. This is from... even worse than I thought. Yep, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what other, what other frustrations have you, would you say that there are? in terms of like <laughs> pieces that could be taken from. I think it's definitely a lot the the people not getting together part um, or mm -hmm. like the only full fan fiction I wrote and I say full because it was three uh, pages and then it was done, which is good, um, nice. was, was a Spider-Man <laughs> fan fiction where <laughs> I saw the movie and I was like, oh, now they should really like get into it. <laughs> and they didn't. And I was like... <laughs> Fuck you. And so I <laughs> I just wrote it. And to this day, like this was 10 years ago. And to this day, I sometimes get notifications of like, your story got a got a heart or something. And I'm like, cool. Can <laughs> people still re read that? How did you find this? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know this Spider-Man. <laughs> this is not Tom Holland. This is not your Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, so, in, and I feel like this is especially relevant from like an educational standpoint. What are, what are the people, what are the people, what are the reasons people write fan fiction as opposed to other forms of writing or making other forms of media? I think on one hand, it's easier. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I'm just thinking that this is, uh, this is an entry point to creative writing where you don't have to build everything from scratch. You already have all the building blocks and you can you already know what the characters feel and you know that your readers know that. And so you don't have to explain the whole character, you don't have to build that up, you don't have to build a plot line over like 25 chapters. You can just write a chapter and if you feel like you're not done, you can write a next chapter and that's how people end up with 50 chapters without even like wanting to. It's just interesting and so they keep going, but it's not necessarily a book in itself where it makes complete sense until they um, go back and edit it. Um, so I think that that's a very nice entry point into creative writing and into or into writing in general. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Especially I hadn't really been thinking about it from the potential readers uh, perspective, because I'm, yeah, definitely understanding that like, oh, you already have a lot of pieces in place that you can kind of pick and choose from. You can decide to keep all the characters. You can decide to keep some aspects of the characters. You can decide to keep or change relationships. But then also it's kind of um, comforting to know that you don't have to do all of the work to make the reader understand what's going on. You can go back to your prior knowledge of whatever was going on with Draco and Hermione in the books. Well, or, it's like world yeah. building is the worst part it's all, for it's me hard. for writing. It's, <laughs> it's that hard. It's the, the world building, the uh, character building, the understanding all of their background, because I'm just so excited. I, a fanfic writer, am just so excited, as you were saying, about I just want to dive into the part where Draco and Hermione kiss. Right. Like, I don't <laughs> care about, like, where they were before. Right. I just want I just want the kiss and the gratification of the moment I'm looking for and I'm not always b willing to put in all of the work of so there's this world called Hogwarts mm -hmm. and there's people there like, uh, uh, like 10 chapters yes. of that well and also kind of going back to the more social piece I I feel like there might be again kind of like a comfort around the possibility that even if someone doesn't like your writing they do like the canon work if they are seeking it out so if you're a fan of I don't know what's in it. I feel like we talked about it. If you're a fan of Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. and you're someone who wants to read Lord of the Rings fan fiction, I have that. 
So even if my writing's not spectacular, there is that piece of like, oh, well, they'll like it. They might like it anyway, or it's a more accepting, um, you know, medium to create, to be like, to gain that like social validation. <laughs> and it's quite common to give feedback as well. So mm. I, I also, when I started, I got comments like, oh, it'd be cool if there were paragraphs because I can't really read it well if I don't have like a rest for my eyes. And so I edit those paragraphs, you know, and it's not a yeah. hard thing to do or people tell you, hey, you have a typo there or whatever. And because you don't have an editor. I don't know if people mm -hmm. have editors for their fan fiction. They do, they, actually. They're called betas. But they're, if they but they're do, editors, they're, they're friends. It's like your friend. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a necessarily good editor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's that it's that your editor would be someone who is equally is most of the time just equally interested in reading the fanfic. It's not like when I would edit other people's fanfic, then it would be like, oh, I just kind of read it to make sure it made general sense and that there weren't like egregious typos. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't like, hey, your story arc doesn't quite make sense here. Yeah. I, unless I really thought it was out there. But for the most part, they just wanted it to be readable. So they weren't always looking for what you get from like a publisher's editor, right. where they're they're wondering about how it will contribute to the market, and they're trying to make sense of the different scenes, and should these things be flipped, and right. like all these other things. It's two inexperienced people coming Hel together. Trying to yes. help each other yes. <laughs> collaboratively. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And kind of back to something we were talking about before, um, I've seen quite a few people like because there's that like acceptableness of like having author's notes or having like opening paragraphs of being like, hey, just a heads up, I'm a new writer or like, hey, I usually don't write in English. So forgive me for the typos. And people will generally be pretty nice and be like, hey, like this is really impressive for this be not being your first language or like way to give it a try. The typos weren't too bad or like are for the most part pretty nice. <laughs> considering it's the internet <laughs> yes it's hard to imagine if i opened a book there would be like a foreword that was like hey this is my first book be nice <laughs> be nice <laughs> yeah it's it's a casual it's a more casual writing that'd be very cute though <laughs> <laughs> it would be maybe maybe if it was like uh i don't know like a written by a child my, like, my dedication <laughs> you know I mean? page says, to the reader, who will hopefully be very kind to me because I don't know what I'm doing. Well, and also it goes back to fan fiction being free. So oh, yes. if, 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 if it's free, you probably shouldn't complain about the quality. You would think, but I've gotten <laughs> some comments on some free stuff before that I've been like, you know, you didn't pay for this. You only paid for it in the time it took your eyes to comprehend it. <laughs> but alas. That's my own issue. Okay, well, <laughs> since we're kind of getting into like reader writer <laughs> dynamics, um, I kind of want to get into something that we talk a lot, of, we have talked about at the beginning, especially, and that's just like the perceptions and stereotypes uh, about fan fiction readers and writers. So, in general, what have you found about what people that are non fan fiction writers or readers think about people that are? It's kind of interesting that. A lot of people don't even know that it exists. Um, that like what what even is fan fiction, and um, when there's such a big world of fan fiction out there, and I think that if you tell them, if you tell people anything where you are a fan of something, it's really easy to get perceived as like a nerd, and it's not great, and it's like not cool, and um, yeah. But I I do think that 
with time, nerd culture got more accessible or more more popular, I guess. Um, so I think it might not be as harsh, but I I can totally see people still getting bullied in high school for it. I unfortunately I I can still I can still imagine that. It's just as soon as you show interest in anything, that's that's a little bit more intense than just yeah, I guess it's nice. Then then you're a target for people who want to play it cool and who don't understand big emotions. Yeah. Is that something that came up with your um so for context, uh Miriam I believe interviewed ten different fan fiction writers. Did that come up in any of that interview? Um I I didn't um go much into the sociological background because I wanted to really delve deep into the how they write into how they how they do narrative but um no that's okay I mean yeah you didn't address it so I just kind of was curious uh if it did come up more formally or if we're all just kind of like speculating based on what we've seen which is totally fine well and I think it kind of in this modern context it's like while I think you can still get bullied for a lot of things in high school and or various arenas I also think there's a lot more in a positive sense there's also a lot more places because of the internet to go and find those mutual places Mm -hmm. and so you might not always feel like you need to show your intense love for uh, Chronicles of Narnia at high school because you have your peer group on the internet or um somewhere else to connect with when I think about how people are bullied it's that it is that that you are showing your appreciation for something very publicly and then it is that well I'm cool and I don't worry about um like I don't liking things. I don't like liking things and I think in some ways when you have it's that if you don't feel like you if you feel like you can wear your Lord of the Rings shirt like at home then it's like you might not be so worried about doing it in that public sphere where you could get bullied. But I would also yeah. say if I you think can buy a Lord of the Rings shirt at the mall, it's yes. probably considered something that's acceptable to enjoy yes. or talk about or, you know, what have you. Additionally, I think fandoms are getting more mainstream and there's less like, why don't you go out and become a cheerleader? And <laughs> I think there's less of that and more like, okay, um, have fun. Be safe on the internet. <laughs> don't exchange money with anyone yes. on the internet. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think it's really interesting yeah. what you said about um, that. You, that you mentioned cheerleaders because it's it's such a weird thing that sports is, and music as well are fields where being a fan and being a hardcore fan is so accepted. And yes. like mm. people each other's heads in at football games and or soccer games and they're that's mm-hmm. hooligans and it's so normal that we that we have fights because our favorite team did this and your favorite team did that and so now we're against each other and and that that is completely normal and okay to be that sort of a fan but then if you like dc and that person or i guess dc and marvel is still already uh, also very mainstream but <laughs> Yeah. Something in that area, you're a bit looked looked upon like, what? what is she talking about? Why is that important? No. Yeah. Like maybe going into something more, um, a little more stigmatized like anime, like something where you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, well, like dubbed or sub we've talked about before. Do you like the dubbed version of the anime or the subbed version of the anime? And like within anime culture, that is a heated argument. But outside of it, you're like, you're all nerds. Please stop arguing. Yeah. Which... <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> but but then I have plenty of conversation. I've talked with Grace about this with like with fanfic is that I've had plenty of conversations with people I know who get so heated about what would have happened if that final uh that final goal had been made or if, you know, if we hadn't missed the field goal. If the referee had made a different call. If the ref had actually given him the yellow card in soccer, like what, and they tell all these grand stories about how (laughs) they would have won the game if this thing hadn't happened. And then I turn to them and I say, how is that different than asking what if Spock and Uhura like were actually in love? How is that different? <laughs> and not. they're like, no, it's completely different. And I was like, you're just wa- not writing it down. Yes. And <laughs> we watched both of them on TV. I don't understand. I was on the couch. You were on the couch. I saw it on TV. There are commentaries about it. There are characters happening exterior. I had no part of it. What part is different besides that sports are socially acceptable and being a, a Trekkie is less. is less. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, just kind of our final piece, which we've already touched on a little bit, but from an academic standpoint, from just like a general, you know, observer of this phenomenon, if you will, uh, does writing fan fiction help people to become better writers? I definitely think so. Yeah. Because first of all, you're practicing a muscle. Um, you're practicing mm. being used to writing, which is something that writers, if they, if you have a writer's block, you go and you just write. And it doesn't matter what you write. It's just important that you get your hand used to writing. So that's already one step that you have down. Um, and then you also get experience, um, you know, to, to write in a different style. With every fan fiction, you can you can try to write in the style of that author, which you might not do, but you can. And then you notice how they work, and then you notice how they work. Whereas if you just read it, you know it's more subconscious. And if you if you write fan fiction to it, you might go back to the primary text, and you might be like, oh, she writes it this way, or he writes it that way. And so yeah, that definitely works as a as a practice, I think. And, and you, you get to know the different storylines and you get to know story arcs, especially if you write it a mm-hmm. lot. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a, it's a good practice. Yeah, and I would agree with that, too. From uh, For those of you who are not in, like, the educational sphere, pedagogy is basically the, like, theories of teaching and learning. So uh, in terms of, like, students who are learning to write or really learning to do anything, you talk a lot about what is the cognitive process of learning. And so looking at someone who's writing fan fiction and saying, oh, I'm going to write a cut scene, you really have to think and go back to write, to make something that's good and makes sense, go back into the original text and say, okay, what are the pieces that I'm going to use to make the argument that this cut scene happened? Like where are the spaces in time and what would fit into that time span? What are the clues of like the things the characters are doing, the hints that they're saying, the tone that they use, and thinking about all those processes, and then later being able to adapt them into something that you write and making it into like foreshadowing or allusions to other work or, you know, some of these really high level pieces of writing that students may or may not practice in school because school is boring and they don't want to put the work in for for a paper. You know what I mean? Well, and it's hard to foreshadow in a 
a research paper. <laughs> I would say that generally well, doesn't. I mean, besides a thesis. That, uh, what is thesis but a foreshadowing of what you hope the conclusion is? <laughs> I mean, I would, I would argue that the thesis is saying this is exactly what's going to happen. It's not foreshadowing. <laughs> what, if, what if your thesis is wrong, though? <laughs> well, there's, anyway. there's different writing. You know, you don't have to write a paper if you're a, if you're a student, especially if you're like a pupil in school. You can, mm-hmm. from, from an early age on, we give students the, the, the task to fill in the blanks or, you know, you, you, you write a, you read a storybook and then you stop at a certain point and you say, okay, what happens next? And then the kids mm-hmm. have to write it. And they, we do that with year, like with eight years old, um, they, they mm-hmm. would, they would do that. And so that is basically the same technique. It's a very common creative writing prompt. And so, yeah, I think it definitely works to to train your creative muscle as well. Yeah, and then also, I mean, something that we've touched on a little bit as well in terms of the relationship between uh, fan fiction writers and published authors and people who maybe do both or go between. Do you think that having written fan fiction makes it easier or harder to get published eventually, whether it be the same work or simply you as a person becoming a published author? Wow. Um... I think if you already have a big following in your fan fiction, that might be a plus because then publishing houses can, you know, if you if they get a lot of tweets by people saying, hey, you definitely have to take this author on, I would buy the book. I would, you know, if you get like 200,000 people mm-hmm. tweeting that at you, that's a reason to take someone as an author. If you are just writing fanfics that get like four views and you're just doing it for fun, I'm not sure if it would be better for you or, or worse. Um, I can't imagine it's worse. I can't imagine yeah. the publisher yeah. saying, no, I'm not taking people that write fan fiction. Well, and even just to the previous point, I do think that even if you're only getting four views, you did have practice writing. So your writing will just be getting better regardless. Will be so be more worthwhile of being yeah. something publishable. So even if it doesn't contribute to your writing resume that might make a publisher consider you... It's that your writing, I think, would just be stronger. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah, if you're happy about your fan fictions and if you think that they are that they are good enough to to send to the publisher, then I think why not give them a view into how you um, how you write in your free time and how you go about with like how do you react to criticism because you you get that very publicly and then you know they can see how you react to that if you take it like especially constructive uh, criticism if you change your stuff and what's going on if you think that it's more of a yeah if you're not really sure if it's good or if you're not writing in your first language then maybe I mean that's your decision if you want to send it to your publisher or not all right so we've been going on I think I feel like we've answered a lot of potential questions mm-hmm. that suburban dads will have <laughs> yes uh- <laughs> the suburban dads the uninitiated the <laughs> the friends of the listeners the friends of friends <laughs> that who've been a, coerced into point. listening <laughs> Uh, so Miriam, do you have any any final thoughts uh, for friends slash suburban dads who mm-hmm. might <laughs> that you might want to leave uh, words of wisdom for? You know, why not? Why not check it out? Why not see like what what interests you? There's literally fan fiction about everything. There's nothing that doesn't have fan fiction. So if you even I'm I'm betting that even if you have a favorite sports team, there's going to be fan fiction about that. We've read that on the podcast, <laughs> yes. I don't think it's out yet. It'll no. be coming up, or maybe it is already out. I'm not sure when we're uploading this episode. Um, but yes, there is sports fan fiction out there. Though I think it is written mostly by women still. 
<laughs> yes, it's hard. To, it's hard to know because again, as what we've kind of danced around, the line of fan fiction is so gray mm. that uh, would would some of the sports fanfic writers identify themselves as fanfic writers or just uh, fantasy footballer commentary? <laughs> it's a whole new take on yes. fantasy football. Yes. <laughs> I would right. say well, fantasy football is is fan fiction. <laughs> I mean, I, yes, <laughs> yes, in a very different way. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you uh, so much, Miriam, for for being here with us and helping us to hopefully open a couple of doors for some more people to enjoy the wide world of fan fiction that we love so much. Thank um, you. Thank you for yeah. having me on. This was really fun. I, I haven't talked about this topic in so long. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also, do you want to, do you have anything you want to plug that you're either social media or things that you're working on? Uh, sure. Yeah. Since you're on TikTok, like why not? My TikToks are Ooh. mostly in German though. So. That's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we yeah. support that. I'm Maria Mazzari. I'm sure you'll tag me in, in the thing. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm just at Maria Mazzari, M-A-R-Y-A-M underscore A-Z-A-D-I. Or I guess Z is Z in, in American English. We know what Z is. So okay, I know. Like most of us can Z, understand. but yes, Sorry. Z or Z. Yes. Um, I'm that at pretty much everywhere. So yeah, if anybody wants to come along. Excellent. Awesome. And for us, you can find us and DM us your opinions or the things that you screamed at your phone while we talked without you being able to answer any of the questions. You can DM us all those fun thoughts at Tumblr, on TikTok, on Instagram at Fine Pairings Podcast or on Twitter at Fine Pairings Pod. Or you can email us and with your comments with uh, your Etsy shop where you have uh, uh, <laughs> embroidered one of the beautiful quotes about our existential life. <laughs> I'm um, waiting for that day. Yes. You can email us at finepairingspodcast at gmail.com uh, and uh, make sure you continue to uh, listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can only uh, send ratings on Apple Podcasts and uh, make sure you leave five stars so that we can all have a shot of serotonin. It's nice. And uh, make sure that uh, we all feel like we're doing a good job <laughs> and to help other people find fan. Yeah. And to help <laughs> other people find uh, our show so they also can learn about fanfic. Yes. Spread the knowledge. Yes. Uh, I feel like I should say something like universal or like, what's the, we are the world of, but I can't think of anything. So Zed is dead. I don't know. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.